Good morning. Welcome to Cross Timbers Baptist Church today. Uh, if you could see through my mask, you'd know I was smiling. So I uh, hope everyone has a good smile on their face today. Um, 
we're glad that you're here with us, and for those that are visiting us online, uh, we certainly uh, hope that you are blessed by the service today. I believe you will be. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, Rusty and Deborah and Samara are ill, uh, and they're recovering from their illness today, and we just want you all to keep them in your prayers, uh, and they will appreciate that. We have uh, Brother Mike Goff here with his family. And he's going to be uh, speaking to us today. I believe you told me it's from Galatians 2.20 uh, about being crucified with Christ. And so uh, I was introduced to his family this morning, and it was quite an introduction. There's a, there's a, there's a whole row. So uh, uh, Brother Mike and his wife Am- uh, Angie and, and their, their family. And I would love to be able to just recite those names, but I can't. He'll, he'll introduce them to you when, when he gets up here. Uh, but it was a great introduction. I was uh, I was impressed, <laughs> really. Uh, we do have some large families in our church, so but uh, that is that's a nice family. Okay. Um, but in the way of introductions, uh, Brother Mike and uh, uh, and Rusty, uh, I guess the families met in children's choirs. What I understand at seminary, and so uh, they they've known each other for for many years. Uh, they do have a, a 12-year-old daughter who's blind like uh, Zamara, and so they've they've had, I'm sure, lots of good good contact over the years, and uh, I'll, I'll enjoy hearing about that. Uh, and then they have uh, six other children, four of which are adopted. And uh, so we just want to thank you, Brother Mike, for coming and speaking to us today. Uh, we will uh, I look forward to it. It's going to be great. All right. Uh, in the way of announcements, uh, Rusty wanted me to be sure and, and mention uh, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering uh, is still going on. So if you haven't had a chance to opportunity to, to give to that, please take the opportunity to do so. They're supporting 3,600 missionaries in 164 countries. As I read this morning, uh, I didn't know how big that organization was, and it was big, but uh, it is a very large organization, but they, they need your help, especially at this time. They are uh, even with the uh, illnesses and things that are going on, they're providing food, medicine, and the hope of Jesus to all of these countries all over the world. Uh, do we have uh, Do we have any other announcements that I've that I missed? Does anybody have anything? Yes, sir. Okay, we have the Lottie Moon Post Office set up here in the back, so you're able to to work through that. Okay. All right. Um, we are going to have a, uh, a scripture reading a little bit uh, later. We're going to uh, do that during the uh, praise and worship service. But uh, right now, I'd just like for us to go go to Lord in prayer, and uh, and we will get started this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for gathering us here to this this place. Lord, we just pray that your purpose is accomplished this morning. Um, just like we tune our instruments, Lord, just tune our hearts to the voice of your Spirit. Wake us to be present with you and with one another. Uh, you've gathered us here today for a purpose that we don't know. And you, you alone know our hearts and our needs. And many of us here today are hurting, anxious, lonely have pain and sorrow, been touched by illness. 
in ways that we've never seen before. Lord, just pray that you would teach us to have the grace to enter the sorrows of others. And just help us to treasure this time, care for one another today. Speak to us through Brother Mike and teach us from your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
shelter of the Most High, will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, for you have made the Lord my refuge, and even the Most High your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge concerning you, to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands, that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample down. Because he has loved me, Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. There is a truth older than the ages. There is a promise of things yet to come. There is one born for our salvation.
Thank you. You may be seated. Sweet spirit, when you have a group of people gathered together like this and just play for God and give him the glory. So thank you, Curtis, and the rest of the team for leading us at that time. Just a neat way to continue our day on the Lord's Day. So thank you so much. And my name is Mike Goff. And uh, no, you guys did not buy a church van, a 15-pastor van. That's my van, okay? All right. So if you look out and say, hey, we got a new church van. No, that's, what, that's my daily driver, okay? All right. That's what I drive all the time. And I got my, my wife, Angie, 28 years. And next to her right is Susanna. There you go. There's a the hand right there. And James on her left, and Meredith, and her friend Jonathan, and Elaine. i got three more pews, so just bear with me, okay? All right? And on my left, your right, is Isaiah, and Micah. Did I miss anybody else? I've left my kids at church before, okay? That's why I said that. I forget somebody, all right? So, but it's so good to be here. I just thank the rest of your pastor for giving us the opportunity to be here, be with you sweet people. Great tradition, great history. We're almost 25 years talking with Ken and just know that God's doing a great work. But can I just be real that we're in a time in our society, in history, where we're being impacted so many ways with this COVID stuff. It's real. It has taken lives. It has destroyed so many things in so many ways. And I won't go into politics or socioeconomical stuff. I just want to say, hang tight, church. Stay faithful. Keep going and doing the things you know that God's called you to do. To disciple, to win people to Jesus, and to baptize those in the name of the Father and of the Son. And God will be with you always until the end of COVID, (laughs) to the end of the age. But keep staying faithful. Keep on keeping on. Keep praying. You've got to be creative when you gather with one another now. I understand that. But find ways to connect. If it's electronically or if it's over internet or if it's however it's going to be. Find ways to connect. We need each other. We need the body of Christ. We have to find creative ways to build that body so we can be what God wants us to be. Right here in this beautiful part of Texas. Amen? Yeah. It's a journey though. And it's not easy. Every church I'm a part of, every church I know of, is having the challenges. But keep staying faithful. God will be honored. He'll bless you. And you'll keep on keeping on until he finally says, Good job, thou good and faithful servant. Here is your reward. And we'll be with Jesus forever. And there won't be any more sickness. There won't be any more tiredness. There won't be any more challenges. It'll just be an amazing heaven, eternal experience that we all get to be a part of. But we've got to keep on keeping on, even in the midst of this very difficult challenge. Well, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm kind of ready for 2020 to be done. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my goodness. It just needs to, we need to move into 2021 and just start fresh and start new. I'm that kind of person. I like to think ahead. I like to plan accordingly. I like to think what's going to take place later. But I want to take us back. I want us to go back in time. I want us to go back to December 24th, 1968. 
It was a Christmas Eve night, and the Apollo 8 was getting ready to bring back a message to all of the world as they had a chance to go around and get these beautiful pictures. And NASA had connected with these three astronauts, William Anders, Jim Lavelle, and Frank Borman, and said, guys, I know I'm kind of one of the head guys here at NASA, but I want you guys to do something so significant. I want you to share something so significant that when you speak to the world, which their program is going to be the most watched program ever in the history of television, NASA said, I want you to read from Genesis. Now think about that. Think about it. just 52 years ago, our world was anticipating something great from God's Word, something spectacular that these people could just dive into and say, yes, we agree. We identify with what you're reading. We identify with this God of creation. NASA said, read it. And so I won't read of all of Genesis, but I'll read what they said. William Anner said, well, we are now approaching lunar sunrise, and for all the people back on Earth, the crew of Apollo 8 has a message that we would like to send to you. <laughs> In the beginning. Could you imagine reading the scriptures to millions of people on this earth? Because that was the most significant thing they could think about. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Then Jim Lavelle stood up. And with that same conviction that we need to go to the Word of God, because this is truly representations of God. And we look at the moon, we look at the stars, and there's earth, planet earth that he truly put together. And God called the light day, he said. And the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning was the first day. God said, let there be a ferment in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven and the evening and the morning were the second day. And Frank Borman stood up. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the day dry land, earth, and gathering together of the waters called, the sea, called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And from the crew of Apollo 8, we close with good night, good luck, and a merry Christmas. And God bless all of you, all of you on this good earth. I was two years old then. I wasn't able to understand what that means. But when I look 52 years later, I see how big of an event that was. I don't know of any entity that's going to stand up in front of millions and millions of people and read from the Word of God. That's what we've lost. We've lost our identity in whose we are. We've lost the identity of what we need to focus on as a nation. And body of Christ, let me encourage us to go back even farther in time. 
when Paul wrote Galatians to the early church, the young church, still having some struggles with laws and trying to keep laws and trying to do the perfect thing. And Paul goes to Peter and talks to him. And I'd like for us to read this passage, if we may. And I'm going to be in Galatians chapter 2. And I'm not sure what uh, you guys would normally stand and read about God's Word, but I'd like to do that today, if you would. Please stand with me as I read God's Word from Galatians chapter 2. I'll be starting at verse 11. Galatians chapter 2. I love to hear God's, the pages of God's Word being turned and flipped through. That's wonderful. If you've got an app, it goes, yeah, that's fine too, okay? You can read it from your, from your phone if you need to, but it's so great to read the Word of God together. And the Bible says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11, When Peter came to Antioch, Paul says, I opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. Before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of them all, You are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we, too, have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law, because by observing the law, no one will be justified. If, while we seek to be justified in Christ, it becomes evident that we ourselves are sinners. Does that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, I prove that I am a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. In verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Oh, Father, thank you for pinning these words to help us to go back to the cross, to identify with the cross. Why? Because you love us so much that you would rather us Focus on the cross where you took care of that sin than for us to focus on ourselves and the sin, Father. So thank you, Jesus, for pinning these words through Paul so that we might realize that as we identify with the cross and crucify ourselves because you are drawing us with your love to do so. May we find that resurrection power that you have not experienced but that we can experience as we walk in this truth, God. Father, thank you for your sweet, precious word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. You may be seated. Again, I'm a forward thinker. I think ahead. I think out. I'm going into next year already. But just in the last few days, I've been thinking about what the Lord would just have me share. I have to remember that my mindset needs to go back to the cross. I need to think what it's all about to understand who I am in Christ. And if there wasn't a crucifixion, there wouldn't be a resurrection. If there wasn't a resurrection, then I can't experience what God would have me to experience as a born-again believer. I need to constantly find myself back at the cross and understanding how I was saved. Who saved me? It's not through the law, as Paul goes to Peter and says, Peter, come on, man. I know you're a new believer, but you're taking the culture in this area and making that your focus. May the gospel of Jesus Christ, Peter, be your focus. May that cross that Christ died on be that thing that you identify with, not the culture. Boy, the culture sure has a way of calling us to identify with it, doesn't it? What's your job? What do you do for in school? What do you have? What you don't have? How many friends do you have on Facebook? <laughs> I mean, there's so many things that the culture tries to draw people to bring identity to their lives. And as Paul writes this message to these young believers, he says, hey, the cultural side is not your focus anymore. Living by the law is not your focus. Yeah, the law will show you your sin, but it's Jesus who died on the cross for your sin that became your sin. That's the focus. That cross, Peter, is your identity. And I've got to continue to remind myself, keep going back to the cross. I find myself going forward to the next ministry, forward to the next activity, forward to the next weekend. And God says, get back to the cross. Go back to where I saved you. Go back to where your sin truly is. Because, Mike, you can't handle sin. You can't carry that sin, Mike. I am carrying that sin. I can handle that, Jesus says. So go back to the cross and crucify self. Wow, that's a gnarly phrase. Let's be honest. Do we just come to church and say, so, uh, hey, Ken, have you crucified yourself lately? <laughs> you know, it just doesn't come out, right? I mean, that's just not our normal traffic patterns of talk. I get that. But should it be? Could it be? That in our moments with the Lord, that crucifying self is more than just dying to self. It's contemplating with the Lord in that moment of when we are in his word and a prompting of symptoms or disobedience or selfishness. And right then, that particular sin must die right there on the cross when we're in that contemplative mode and mindset. And it'll only take place when we go back to the cross. But we have to find ourselves going back to the cross on our knees and saying, Lord, I can't carry this weight. I can't carry this loneliness. The bankroll has rolled away, Father. I am in need Father, you carry this. God says, I will. That's why I crucified myself, so that you can crucify yourself to bring on who I am, Mike, which is his righteousness and his love and joy and peace and hope. 
I think joy is here and peace. To take on those characteristics of who Christ is. But we have to find ourselves going back to the cross to identify with what Jesus did for us and in us. And when I crucify myself, when I identify with the cross and allow Christ to live that supernatural life in and through me, then I have that victory that's this side of heaven. And the victory can only be the side of heaven when I find myself going back to cross. Say, Lord, here it all is. Man, big old rocks of sin. Big old dump of emotions or whatever it might be. And God says, thank you. That's what I'm here for. That's, what I, that's why I died. That's my heart for you, Mike. For the church, that's why I died. So you'd have a, not only a place to put your sin, but not have to carry that sin. But we find ourselves running into the next event, <laughs> running to the next thing. And for thinking about what's up ahead, but we've got to go back to the cross and identify with what Jesus did, which was crucified on the cross. As we identify with the cross, we will want to die to self. In 1 Corinthians 15:31, Paul says, "He died every day for the sake of the cross." I'm a whole lot like Paul in a lot of ways. Just impetuous sometimes and quick to do things and moving on to the next activity. And God is constantly challenging me to, Mike, come back to that point of when you knew that Jesus Christ came into your heart. When you first asked the Lord to crucify self and bring on Jesus, ask him to come into your heart. I was nine years of age, growing up in a Christian home. I'll never forget my mom and I having a talk about what it meant to receive Christ. And laying in a bed that one night at nine years of age with just some simple childlike faith. I didn't understand all there was to know about Christ and what he did. But I knew that he died for me. That he took upon himself all that sin. But then he rose from the grave. And he's alive then. He's alive now. He will be alive forevermore. And he wants to come in. And that's the part. It's like, well, this is the part I'm learning more and more. Lord, why do you want to come in and live within me? Because I cannot handle the curse. I cannot handle sin. I can't handle being separated from God when I choose to sin and I'm broken that fellowship. God says, my love, as it says in that scripture we just read, my love and living within you is drawing you, Mike, back to myself so we can have that sweet, intimate fellowship that comes when we identify with the cross and die daily. And at nine years of age, I took that step. And I'm so thankful now for over Almost 45 years of walking with Jesus. Nothing in and of myself can get the glory. It's just I know that God desired for me, desires us to find our identity in the cross. The salvation message where Jesus died and rose again. And when we identify with the cross, and also as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15:31, die to self When we know that there has been a daily crucifying of self, then we can live in that resurrection power. But it takes that time and moment to think, Lord, here's our time. Here's our word. Here's your word. Here's that moment where I can spend that time with you 
And in that time, say, Lord, I want what you're thinking about. I want to embrace what you're going after. Father, what is it in these relationships that I have that you desire me to make things right? And as those steps are taken to give that over to God, God, you take upon yourself these difficulties, these challenges, these issues, then God will put back on you that righteousness of him. So as we are in a process of understanding to crucify self, the resurrection power, that mindset of being able to live and think like God will take place. We now belong to God, not ourselves. We were bought by Jesus' death. He paid the price. You know, I happen to like some foods hot. I happen to like some foods cold. So I need to have specific appliances to be able to make that a reality. And when we moved from back to Texas about a year and a half ago, or we sold pretty much everything to come back out here, be close to family. And as we sold everything, we had to replenish. So one of the things was a refrigerator. And that refrigerator was bought by me so that it will have its purpose to serve my needs, to serve what I desire for that thing to do. It's not in it for itself because I bought it. You know, when Christ paid that price on the cross and he paid for my sin, at that point, he bought me with a price with his total self, shed blood, and not just took upon himself that hatred from people, but took upon himself my, my sin, all the things that don't belong in me, those things that I can't handle myself, the things that I'm not able to deal with. He took upon himself those things. And when he reminds me as I go identify with the cross and daily crucify myself, he says, hey, Mike, I'm reminding you that I bought you with a price and now you're mine. And I've got this, Mike. I'm taking care of you. Church, I've got this. I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And out of that journey, God reminds us that he bought us with his shed blood. And since Jesus paid the price, I desire to serve him. I desire to want to come to know him and to learn how to crucify self so I can take on all that God wants in my life to live in and through me. And now one of my greatest roles is a man of God is to continue to live that. But now it's to help my family understand what it means to live in and at the cross. To think about what Jesus did. To think about not selfishness, but to think about righteousness. Not to think about the things that are going to harm us, but the things that will free us and help us to be able to serve and to encourage and to love. It's an amazing journey. And for my wife and I being married for 28 years... She spurs me on to righteousness. I pray I spur her on to righteousness. And when it's all said and done, we can look back and say, Hey, look what God did to help us disciple one another so we can be ready for eternity. That part I do look forward to. But as I stay at the cross and identify with it, die daily, and in that discipleship process of understanding who God is in my life, then I can live victoriously and be ready for eternity. Amen? 
oh my, my priorities are different now. What I think about is different as I find myself identifying with the cross, dying to self daily, and realizing that it's Jesus empowering my life to live for Him every day. He lives His life through us. In verse 20, back to the Scriptures, it says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. And here's the key. Who loved me and gave himself for me. That mindset of Jesus not only living within me, but loving me. When you go back to the garden, go back in Genesis. Our family devotion times have been in Genesis lately. I think about Adam and Eve walking in that cool of the day and enjoying God's fellowship, enjoying all that God is, enjoying all that that God has given them to enjoy. And then the curse. When the curse took place, it broke the fellowship. It broke that relationship. That curse is then passed down generation to generation. It just continues on. I have that sin. I was born in sin. And the God's perfect plan was not to have that sin, that curse. And so I'm made in his image, right? You're made in his image. And that curse is keeping us from experiencing all that God wants for us, all that God has for us. So we have to have a place to put that. Jesus said, I got a process. I have a provision. It's me dying on the cross, becoming all that sin, becoming all that that was, all that curse on me. And then you taking upon yourself that righteousness. And as I embrace that and understand that, I know that God will have his way. He loved me and he gave himself for me. Christ lives within us. Let me read from Colossians 1.27. The Bible says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles... The glorious riches of his mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. When I transfer all that I am in that yuck and I give it to God, he says, thank you. Because you can't handle that. Let me handle it. But I'm going to give within you my Holy Spirit. I'm going to put within you who I am. I'm going to help you right now allow me to live that supernatural power, not a humanistic mindset, but a supernatural power that only God can do through us. And when that process is continued each and every day, we find that the relationship that God has given to us through Christ is not about rules. It's about a love relationship with God. I am so glad that it's not about rules. Because rules will be broken. Rules can never be kept. The rules or the laws can show us our sin, but then that can draw us to a God that says, Mike, church, now that you realize your sin, realize who died for you on that cross for your sin. And in that love relationship, Jesus, Jesus invites us to come to him and identify with the cross, to die daily to the cross, and allow Jesus to live that supernatural life through us each and every day. You know, I really enjoy 
homemade ice cream. Man, you got the, you got the container. You got the vat that holds all your mixes in there. You got your sugar and special kind of a thick milk and all the... Maybe, so I like bananas, so I put the bananas in there. Other people go, ooh, yuck, you know, bananas. You're messing it up, man. What's going on with that? And then you have your rock salt, and you've got your, your ice, and you got it all there, right? It's all ready to go. But the one thing we haven't done is what? Plug it in. That's the only way this thing's going to actually work is if we plug it in. But once that is plugged in, it all works together, what comes out is something absolutely Amazing. That's why I started off early with, guys, one of the things that we need as a body of Christ is to find creative ways not only to plug into God through His Scripture, through prayer, through fellowship, but finding ways to be able to say, Lord, who is it that is not able to be connected? Who's able to be a part of what God is doing through this great church? God, who are those people? And to find creative ways to help get them in fellowship, get them connected. I know for my wife and I and our, our family, we have to be very specific on doing what the Lord would have us to be, not just doing. And being friends to others and getting involved with our community and finding ways to connect with other people. To be in that fellowship, to be in that connecting time with others. And I get it, it's tough, it's difficult because of what's going on with COVID and all that. But as the Lord impressed on you to identify with what he did on the cross, to then daily die to self, and then take on the supernatural God says, now that I'm living within you, I want to live out of you. Stay plugged in. Stay connected to one another. Stay in God's word during these difficult challenges. Keep praying. Keep hoping. Keep choosing grace and joy and peace. That's not something that you get when you roll up your sleeves. It's something only God can do in you when you keep going back to the cross, going back to the cross, and going back to the cross. And as you find yourself in that position with the Lord, humble heart, bowed knees, saying, Lord, all that I am, you take upon yourself. All the things that are not right, you died for. God, all the things that I know are not pleasing in your sight, you take that. Because, God, you love me so much, you do not want me to live in that state. And then you see the work God did on the cross, daily dying to that, and standing up and saying, Lord, you now live your life through me. Not only will God immeasurably bless, he'll fill you up, he'll send you on your way in fellowship with others. Connecting with those who do not know Jesus yet. Being a part of the greatest experience known to human man. And that's a love relationship with Almighty God. It's something that we can't concoct or put together. God is reaching out to us. And as He reaches out to us, we find ourselves in those positions we talked about. The Lord will use us and invest us in mighty ways. Why? Because He loves us. Will you pray with me? And as we realize, Father, more and more the great truths of your word, thank you, Father, for drawing us to yourself because you love us. You care for us. Thank you, Father, for giving us 
scriptures that remind us who you want us to identify with. To identify with the cross of Christ and the salvation message. Father, to be able to realize that we need to die daily to ourselves and allow you, Father, who lives within us, to be all you want to be. To be that love to others. To be that encouragement. To be that those hands and feet that serve and pray and, and communicate in different ways, Father. We thank you for those opportunities as we get to know you personally and walk with you in that way. Father, maybe someone here has never taken that time to say, Jesus, I know that I need you in my heart to be my Lord and my Master. Maybe there's someone here that has never had that moment in their lives where they realize they needed to receive Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And right here, Father, right now, as you're just drawing that wonderful, incredible soul to you, they're realizing more and more that the only way that they and I know you personally, Jesus, is to give of you, give to you that sin and those things that are not right, to give you those things. But then, Father, to ask you to come into their life, to be their Lord, their Master, their Savior. And then, Father, as you come to live within them, to help them to grow up to know who they now are. They are now a child of the living God. And discipleship now can take place and baptism and walking with a wonderful church family like this right here, God. Thank you for those people that continue to pray for for those things to happen in this church body and in this community. But right now, if you're seated there and you realize, I've never taken that step to receive Jesus, just say, Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And Jesus, you, you don't want me to live in that sin. You created me to be in your likeness, to, to be in your image. And so, Jesus, I give you my sin. And I know you became my sin. Now, Jesus, I ask you to come in to live within my heart through the Holy Spirit. And as you come to live within me, now, Father, be my Lord. Be my master. Help me to give you that old life at the cross daily and take on you, Jesus. Allow you to live your life through me every day. And as that takes place, God, thank you for the church family that can help me now to grow and to know you personally and to reach others for Christ. So, my friend, if you've never had that moment of just receiving Jesus, that could be your first time, or you want more questions answered, we're here to help. I know other people and teachers and elders and people that are available can help in those ways. There might be a situation where you say, you know what, I just need to lay down these heavy rocks in my life. Friend, we all need to do that every day. Just find yourself going back to that cross the old rugged cross, and laying down those things that are heavy, that are sin, that are unrighteousness, the things that are thoughts that want to grow. Just lay those at the cross. And as you lay them there and you stand up in victory, know that God has a plan. He will live through you. He will give you the things you need to be able to walk in Victory as he lives in and through you. That's the loving God that we serve. That's the loving God that lives within us. And as you continue this journey, not only as individuals, 
as families in small groups, in the corporate setting, as you go into normal traffic patterns of life, continue to find yourself identifying with the cross, dying daily and picking up that cross, allowing Jesus to live his life. And as that takes place, we will continue to celebrate his amazing goodness, his righteousness. And through it all, may we find ourselves faithful. And some days when we are faithless, may we remind ourselves through the scriptures that he is faithful. Even when we are faithless. And he will not deny himself who lives within us. Thank you, God, for the loving God that you are. Jesus' name. Curtis? All right. <clears throat> Thank you, Brother Mike. <clears throat> Thank you for coming, speaking, and teaching us today. And uh, so, what we will uh, we'll go ahead and uh, and play our song out. And uh, uh, before we go say a quick prayer for the week. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this. uh, Thank you for the teaching today. Lord, we just uh, thank you for bringing Brother Mike and uh, coming in and talking to us about uh, what it means to be crucified with Christ. Lord, we just pray that you would uh, help us as we dwell on that this week and as uh, as we study your word and as we learn more about you. Lord, we just uh, thank you for this week. Thank you for watching over us. Uh, pray again for uh, Rusty and Deborah and Zamara. Lord, just pray that you would uh, restore them to health. And uh, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And as we play out, you're dismissed. I'm in the wrong key. Let's do it this way.